Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest, or is a returning guest, um, who has appeared twice before, uh, back in July 2020, which was episode 86, and back in October 2021, so just over a year ago, which was um, episode 177. Um, so please go back and check those episodes, obviously, after listening to this uh, episode. Um, and you can compare the journey um, that these guys have been on. So um, Alan Carter is the president and CEO of Cabral Gold, a mineral exploration company with a focus on gold and copper with a key asset, uh, where the key asset is the QUQ Gold Project located in northern Brazil. Um, A geologist by background, and does have an extensive career across uh, South America, um, and he's obviously well positioned to develop uh, this gold project in Brazil, um, and he's here to give us a, an update on proceedings. So that's welcome, Alan, to the podcast. How are you doing, Alan? I'm doing well, Rob. Nice to be back. Yeah, appreciate your time as well. Um, so, wondering if you can just give us a um, overview, or obviously people that can go back and listen to uh, obviously those other recordings. But just want to give us a quick snapshot of your of your career. Um, yeah, I grew up in the UK, Rob. I got a degree in geology. I got a PhD in gold uh, geochemistry, structural geology. Um, I worked in Zimbabwe for two years on an underground, deep underground gold mine. And not unlike the gold deposit that we've discovered here in Brazil, I then got a job with Rio Tinto. I spent 10 years living in South America. Most of that time I was with Rio. And so I lived in Peru, Bolivia, Ecuador, Argentina, a few other places. Um, And then um, Billiton moved me up to Vancouver um, 10 years after that. So that would be about 20 years ago to do business development work. And uh, I did that for about four or five years. Um, And most of that business development work was with junior companies. Um, And over the course of that, I I, uh, I sort of, there was a realization really that I would be, I I really wanted to be on the other side of things. So on the junior side. So I started a couple of companies with Eric Friedland, 2004, left BHP. And uh, they both, uh, we made discoveries in both cases. In fact, one of those was a huge success, Peregrine Metals, which we took from about a million dollar market cap. We picked up an old Rio copper project in Argentina, and we sold that company in 2011 for almost 500 million bucks. So that was a huge success. Um, and I've been interested in, in Brazil here for oh at least 10 years plus. Um, and the reason I've been interested in this region, in particular in northern Brazil, the Tapajós, is because there was a massive gold rush that happened here in the 1980s in this part of northern Brazil. Back then, 40 years ago, it was very remote. Um, and there was about a million people flooded into this area, so 10 times larger than the number of people that, for example, were involved in the California gold rush in the mid-1800s. This was a big rush, and they washed and recovered about 30 million ounces, according to the Brazilian government estimates, about 30 million ounces of placer gold, all informal mining from streams. And so all that gold that was recovered in streams um, from the gravel there is obviously gold that's been eroded from the hard rock from the surrounding hard rocks over millions of years. And so 
I've become sort of obsessed uh, to put no finer point on it in terms of where all this gold was coming from. It's obviously not coming from just one place because they were mining gold in 100 different uh, areas of streams in a region which is probably about 250 kilometers across called the Tapajos. And, and uh, since I've become very interested in this, we as a team have made uh, five now uh, or been involved in five grassroots discoveries. Myself, I've been involved in four of those. Kuyukuyu, I think, which is the key asset within Cabral, is the uh, it's probably going to be the biggest one. It was the largest placer gold camp in this region in Brazil. So it's a very exciting region. And there's, and there's been quite a lot of new developments since um, since I was last on. So it's, um, you know, so yeah, that's a snapshot of my career. Yeah. Um, you're the founder and largest shareholder in Cabral Gold. Just wondering if you can just tell us a little bit more about, about the company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so this company I founded in 2016. Um, we do have this area uh, called um, this project called Kuyu Kuyu. It's more of a district, really. Um, it is our key asset. We currently have resources uh, defined on it of just under 1.2 million ounces, um, about half of which is indicated ounces. It's a district scale project, Rob. So we currently have two gold deposits here with resources on. We have two new gold discoveries. That we've got about five, six thousand meters of drilling on each with the two new discoveries, but not enough drilling to really uh, get a resource on either of those yet. Um, so there's at least four deposits here within a sort of a five, six kilometer uh, wide area. But external to that, there's about another 40 targets here, some of which we've done a little bit of drilling on, some of which we've done a little bit of trenching on. And we've got some really spectacular numbers on some of these peripheral targets. So, um, so we've got, I think we've got a tiger by the tail here. Um, the potential for this project is is really is multi-million ounce potential. And I don't say that lightly. Um, as you'll appreciate, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of prospects, uh, exploration projects in my in my time. And uh, and I'm I'm the largest shareholder in this company. So I've put a lot of my own money into this. So I'm heavily invested into it. So I think we've got a very unique project in a very unusual and unique region. Um, during the last 12 months, um, there's been some major changes uh, yeah. in the Tapajos region in Brazil. Um, can you just explain some of the implications those changes have yeah. for you and um, see, and the, obviously QUQ project? Yeah. Well, um, the big one, of course, is the one I probably mentioned in October of last year. Um, the project next door to us is called um, TZ or Tocantins Inyo. Most people call it TZ. Um, it's a two million ounce deposit. Uh, myself and a guy called Dennis Moore originally uh, identified that project. It's now been acquired uh, from Eldorado Gold. Eldorado Gold had it for about 11 years. And uh, about a year ago, it was just over a year ago, it was acquired by a, a Quebec based company, a public company called G Mining. Now, since in the last few months, G Mining has basically raised 540 million US dollars to develop that project, Rob. And so that is now in construction. It's slated to get into production in the second half of 2024. It will be the third largest uh, gold mine in Brazil, be cranking out somewhere between 150 and 200,000 ounces of gold a year. And, and that is a very big mine for our region. It's by far the largest mine. It's going to be one of, the, one of the largest mines in Brazil, but it will be by far the largest mine in our area. We're right next to it. Um, so that has all sorts of implications for us. Um, the um, access road um, for their project is the same access re road we use. It's a municipal road, so that's being improved as they bring all this heavy equipment in. New bridges are being built, roads being expanded. 
There's a power line coming to their project, so grid power. Uh, so there's about 150 kilometer long new uh, grid power line, which will be a municipal line, which will bring grid power to within about 20 kilometers of us, obviously. Um, so lots of, and, and there's obviously lots of new contractors. I mean, they're obviously now in the process of spending that 500 million bucks. So there's lots of new mine contractors coming into the area that previously didn't have a base there. So there are all sorts of very positive implications for the region and and also for us too, as uh, as the neighbours to what's about to you know what is the biggest new gold mine development in Brazil. So what are some of the similarities and differences between um, G Mining's uh, TZ project and yeah. your uh, QQ uh, QUQU project? Well, firstly, as I said, they're very close. They sit on the same structures. So there's a massive, big northwest trending geological fault. Um, and most of your listeners, I think, will appreciate that most gold deposits are are related to faults in the Earth's crust. And there's a big one that comes through their project and then extends through ours and goes way beyond both, both areas. That's the first thing. The host rocks are the same. So these are granitic rocks are about 2 billion years old. The mineralization styles are very, very similar, if not the same. Uh, big areas of stockwork mineralization, that's that's characterizes TZ, and we've got a lot of that type of material too. Um, and the alteration in mineralogy is the same. And that means that since the mineralogy is the same, the metallurgy is the same too. The recovery methods, the processing method that they're, they're, they're uh, planning on using to recover the gold from their material will be the same that we would use. Um, the differences are obviously they've got a much more advanced project. Their resource is currently larger than ours. Um, the but the if you look at their technical report, the last one they put out a few months ago, there's a lot of detailed description about TZ in there, and then there's talk about there's a there's a discussion about two peripheral targets. So they've got one deposit and two peripheral targets. We've got four deposits, at least four, arguably five, um, and we've got forty peripheral targets, Rob. So. Ours is much more of a sort of a district scale uh, type opportunity. The other thing that is a really key difference between our project and ours, if you go back to the 1980s and the gold rush estimates, the estimates from the Brazilian government of the amount of gold that was recovered from the streams, they estimate that there was 200,000 ounces recovered all by informal miners at TZ. It was 2 million ounces recovered from Kuyu So Kuyu was a much larger placer gold field and had 10 times more gold recovered during the gold rush. So we think that all goes very well for the hard rock potential of our project, but they're, they're very, very similar. Uh, the other key difference is that we've got um, a lot of high-grade material at Kuyu Kuyu. TZ, it's a very nice deposit. It's very consistent, big, low-grade um, deposits, averaging about 1.3, 1.4 grams. But they don't seem to have a lot of high-grade veins. We have a lot of high-grade veins chopping through our and if you look at some of the drill results we've put out over the last 12 months since I was last on, you, you know, you, no, that, that's very obvious that we've, we've cut some high-grade material. So I think those are the main similarities and difference uh, and differences between uh, TZ and Kuyu Kuyu. Very close. Um, you recently put out an update resource estimate uh, for Kuyu Kuyu, um, which was a lot better than uh, obviously previous uh, resource estimates. Um, but the share price went down. Um, why was yep. that? Or what, what, what your thoughts well, on that? <laughs> I think that speaks to the current market conditions. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it is an, a very, very tough market for junior explorers right now um, because a lot of investors are not interested in uh, more speculative type investments, right? So it's not just junior mineral explorers. It's, it's 
it's junior drug developers and junior tech companies and, and, and companies who are who basically currently don't have any revenues. Now, uh, so I also think that having looked at over the last sort of nine months or so, companies that have put out resource estimates, we're not alone in the fact that our stock share price went down following a, a much more positive resource estimate. Uh, in fact, I looked at about a dozen companies before we put the news out, and they all went down after the uh, the the uh, they put out resource estimates. And um, that's really no comfort to me. But I think it does speak to the to the the market conditions have been very very difficult. The flip side of that, of course, is that there's a massive opportunity right now for investors. You and I have seen a bunch of these cycles. It's like being on a bit of a roller coaster. Um, and I don't know how many of these cycles I've seen now, probably six or seven. Uh, and, you know, the opportunities that are out there right now, because the valuations are so, are so low, are, are incredible. Um, you know, if you look at our company, we have a, now have about a 20 million Canadian market cap, yet we've got 1.2 million ounces, almost 1.2 million ounces in the resource space. So you're basically, uh, you, you know, picking up, if you, if you pick up shares in our company, um, we're being valued right now at about 20 million Canadian an ounce in the ground, so about 15 million US. Have $15 an ounce in the ground, which is ludicrous when you consider gold is, you know, 17, 40 an ounce or, or something. So, um, yeah, when the market turns, I think our investors and people that have, uh, are, are buying our stock right now will actually do very well. But it's uh, it's it's been a very difficult market, and, and it has been a bit soul destroying to. Um, you know, given that we did put out a much better resource estimate, the indicated ounces at Kuyukuyu grew by over two hundred and fifty percent. Yet the, the share price went down. So the resource got better, but the value value of the company went down. Um, and that's the, that speaks to the current market that we're in. Yeah, and I suppose anything that goes down always then goes up. So uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, we hope. it certainly did. <laughs> Look, the last the last time it's only been a couple of years since we were since it was a similar uh situation you know our share price was 10 12 cents uh within the space of two or three months it was at 80 80 plus and so um you know hopefully when the market turns that we'll have similar if not better recovery we just have to wait and see but i do think there is this massive opportunity in this sector right now to invest in really good companies with good assets good management team uh, where management's heavily invested, um, where the projects have a lot of upside in good jurisdictions. Um, so, um, you know, I think anybody contemplating investment in this sector right now should should seek seek out those quality companies because you'll do extremely well. Yeah. Um, you've been um, putting some uh, spectacular drill results um, out over the last sort of 18 months. Um, what yeah. is the significance of some of the results that you've been putting out? Yeah, good question. Well, look, um, really, um, most of those spectacular results, some of them are within the existing two deposits that we've got. But uh, more importantly, a lot of those results are from these two new discovery areas. Um, so very, very significant. And just a couple of weeks ago, we put out um, some draw results, including five and a half meters, which it was at 27 grams a ton. I mean, very, very high grade numbers over pretty good widths. Um, so I think it really speaks to what I was saying earlier, and that is the potential of this project being a multi-million ounce district that we control, and we own it 100%. Um, and it also speaks to the potential of the two new discoveries that we've got, both PDM and Mishishi. Um, 
Both of those need more drilling. They don't have a single ounce in terms of resources there. But, you know, as I said, you, you look at the drill results that we've been putting out over the last few months, and, and clearly we've got continuity of very good grade over some significant distances. So um, they're very, very significant, Rob. They're very, very, very highly encouraging. And I, I think, you know, what we need to do is get a little bit more drilling done on both of these two new discoveries in order to uh, declare maiden resources on those. It won't take a lot more drilling. The market needs to improve um, so that we can raise the money in order to do that. But I think beyond that, <clears throat> beyond those four, the two existing deposits and the two new discoveries, there's probably several additional <clears throat> uh, from the 40 plus target inventory right now. There's probably several other uh, of those additional targets that are going to turn out to be other gold deposits. So ultimately, what this what this project will be will be a central processing facility, and then it will be fed uh, from material from several open pits, um, which will be in close proximity. So it'll be a lot like a lot of the big gold mines in Nevada and other areas of the world where you have you know, a central processing facility that's fed by deposits within a few kilometers. And, and Kuyu Kuyu will be just like that. So yeah, very, very significant. And we do have a lot of excellent drill results. I've got a couple more questions. Um, yep. So what are the main reasons, uh, in your opinion, why someone listening to this podcast might want to consider sort of buying some shares in gold. Well, I think the, the the key one, as I said right now, is just the valuation. So, twenty million Canadian for a company that has almost one point two million ounces in the bank, as I said, results in about more or less around about fifteen US dollars an ounce valuation. Which, when you compare it with the current value of the, the gold price, is a ridiculously low valuation. I think that's the first thing. That is a massive opportunity. Um, the second thing is, I think Cabral um, is a little bit unusual in that. The management team, particularly myself, is very, very heavily invested in this. I've so far put about $2.8 million, of, which is a huge chunk of my net worth into this company. And I'm not paid a massive salary either. Um, and we've not only are we heavily invested and have written checks into this, but we've also had a very successful track record of, of not only making gold discoveries in Brazil. I'm fluent in Portuguese. You know, I know the country very well. My wife is Brazilian. I've spent an awful lot of time in country. Um, so we've got a discovery track record, and we've also got a history of transacting. Our last company was another Brazilian gold explorer. We sold that to Ross Beattie in 2016, and that's now part of Equinox Gold. So we know how to get a deal done too, Rob. We've got an asset, and having an asset, when I invest, I invest in companies who've got a real asset. A lot of companies have got great stories, but I'm looking for companies with a real asset, and we've got one. So as I said, the resource estimate right now is just under 1.2 million ounces. We've got a huge upside from that because we don't have resources on these two new discoveries yet, and there's 40-plus targets surrounding this. And we're in a region, you know, Brazil is somewhere where you can work 12 months of the year. Um, the winter season doesn't shut us down. Um, and uh, um, it is an area, it's a country with a lot of the big world's big miner, uh, gold miners. Kinross is biggest miners in Brazil. London Mining is in Brazil with a big mine. Yamana's there. Equinox Gold. And then, um, you know, outside the gold space, you've got all the world's largest polymetallic miners like BHP and Anglo-American and Valley, obviously. Um, so, it's a, so it's a very good jurisdiction. So I think, and the other thing is here that's very interesting for us is that we haven't talked about is our deposits have been weathering in over millions of years. The climate here is a tropical. And so there's about 50 meters of weathered material sitting above the known gold deposits here, which is oxide material. It's free digging material, Rob. And that material we know leaches extremely well. And so we've been doing some internal work that we haven't put any news out on it yet. But 
but um, that that material could form the basis of a very small, quick startup operation uh, recovering gold from that material. Um, so the column leach test we've done for heat leaching this material suggests we get about eighty-two percent of that gold uh, back, and and the cost of starting a heat leach operation, even a modest one, is is um, is pretty low. So. We're looking at that, uh, and so that would be the the final reason for contemplating, and I think an investment in uh, in Cabral. Yeah, I've probably got to add another one, um, and obviously we've done three podcasts before, and I've obviously we've spoken yeah. on a number of occasions. But it's your passion uh, for what you do, and I've noticed that through obviously doing a few of these podcasts. And obviously having other conversations with you um, and people, I suppose, invest in in people, not just the assets in people. So that's something I'd, I'd like to add um, in the conversations that we've had over the years um, is your passion and drive to make yeah. this work. Yeah, I am passionate about it. Um, but, you know, I've also got a lot of my own money in this. Um, so, you know, you look at a lot of small junior companies and, a lot of folks don't. A lot of management teams don't. They want you to invest as, an, as a as a potential investor, but um, but they haven't got huge amount of their own capital at risk. And I do. So I'm aligned with my shareholders. I mean, you know, questions from shareholders. I get questions all the time, and you know, these are the questions. Same questions I'm asking myself all the time. And and you eat, sleep, and drink it when you've got that much money at stake. You never stop thinking about it. It's not a nine to five type of thing. You have to be very passionate to make a, a discovery and make a company like this a success. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I am, and um, I'm, you know, I'm driven to um, driven to growing the company. Like I said, I think I think there's tremendous opportunity. I mean, obviously, share prices are very depressed. There's a lot of folks that have lost money in the sector over the last twelve months. But you have to have, I think, a longer term time frame. Yes, you can make money in six to 12 months in the junior mining sector. But because it is a roller coaster, you can also lose it. So you have to have a, I think, at least five, six, seven year sort of time time horizon. Um, and you have to be prepared to sort of roll those, ride those massive swings in in value. And rather than sort of looking at your share portfolio on a day a weekly basis, um, which is frankly right now it would would depress most people. I think who had invested twelve months ago certainly would depress me. You know, if you're invested in quality companies that tickle all the boxes that you have, and I, and I just told you what mine are, um, you will do well over the longer term. But um, you know, it's much more difficult, I think, to make make money over the short term view. So yeah, and everyone wants a quick win. And unfortunately, you can't. Yes, everybody do. does want a, quick win. want a quick lose as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I do feel very strongly that you have to have a longer term view and not panic when your investment goes down. If you're invested in, in quality companies, don't worry about it. Mm, certainly. And as a conclusion, um, just wonder what the outlook is for the next sort of six to 12 months, obviously going into 2023. Um, and anything else that you <clears throat> you like to add? Yeah, um, look, Rob, um, obviously our 2023 budgets really depend on access to capital. It's been very, very tough. We've got a financing um, that we're working on right now. Uh, and depending on access to capital, if, if certainly if the markets improve early in the new year, um, we'll get the drill rigs back in and do a lot more drilling and hopefully define maiden resources. But it really does depend on 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 what the capital markets are doing. Obviously, we don't, don't want to be raising millions of dollars at the current share price and 
and, and, and which would result in massive dilution to our capital structure. Um, that's not good for our shareholders. It's not good for me as one of the biggest, if not the biggest shareholder. Um, so it really depends. We are doing quite a lot of work on scoping that out oxide material out, um, and we'd like to push that, uh, continue to advance that idea of of getting in of near term production from the oxide material. So that's definitely going to be a focus for us over the next few months. Um, but beyond that, additional drilling um, and growing the global resource of Kuyu Kuyu really is going to be dependent on 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 what the capital markets do moving forward. I'm pretty optimistic. I think I think the short to medium term outlook for gold is excellent. Um, and like I said, you know, I've been here before. This is and every time I've been here before, everything's you know. There's a lot of folks who are, who think the world has ended um, and uh, panic because they you know invested at higher levels. But like I said, it's that is symptomatic of these things. The, the flip side of that is. It's a massive opportunity to to actually continue to invest in companies um, that that you think are good, the quality companies, because they're all on fire sale right now. So um, I think for people who are who do have money to invest, it's a very good time to invest right now. Yes, <coughs> yes, certainly. <coughs> Sorry, yes, certainly. Alan, really appreciate your time um, again for um, give us an overview of Kabul and, and what you've Pleasure. been doing over the last sort of twelve months. Um, if our audience wants to ask you any questions, reach out to you, get some updates, um, where can they find you? What social media platforms are you on? Uh, we are on, uh, I think, all the social media platforms, um, you know, Facebook, the, the, probably the uh, Twitter. Uh, probably the best way to get get hold of me is just to email me directly, and I can be reached at alan at cabralgold.com, and that's A-L-A-N at C-A-B-R-A-L gold. Dot com. Yep. <laughs> we include those all in the show notes anyway, company this so uh <laughs> for easy access. So um like I said, really appreciate your time. Um and perhaps you'll come on again next next year sometime and give us an update. Will do, Rob. Thanks. Yeah. Guys, thank you for thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Please share this episode amongst um <clears throat> other people in the industry, um, wherever they are in the world. Um, get this episode out. Obviously, gold gold is um, probably at a low at the moment, but if it's low, it's, there's only one way to go, and it's going to go up. Um, and obviously, as Alan's pointed out, um, they've got a great asset there and um, is currently undervalued. So um, appreciate if you can share this episode amongst your friends, family, um, and other mining colleagues around the world. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.